Warning, the following podcast contains foul language, sexual themes, and all sorts of other fun stuff. Listener discretion is advised. You know, I had a nice few weeks. Um, I went and bought Eclipse, and then it sat in my room uh, on a bookshelf, kind of near the top. Like, it was stacked on top of other books, and I just couldn't see it in there. And it was really nice to just not read Twilight or think about Twilight. Uh, But then I remembered that we have an entire legion of Swedish people (laughs) who depend upon us for entertainment. (laughs) And I don't have a choice but to delve back into this. uh, Hold on. Um. riveting vampire love saga as the Is back that what's of the, on the book, back of the puts book? It. <laughs> um so we're back uh we're back for season three this is the first episode of us reviewing eclipse and uh i'm M. am sarah i wish i didn't exist in this world <laughs> So the first five chapters of Eclipse were not as bad as I was expecting them to be. There were, like, several moments where I was howling with laughter and one moment where I told Brandon to pause his YouTube video so I could read him a paragraph and I was, because I was so upset about what had been said in the paragraph. Um, I'll give you a hint. It involves Sam Yuli. Uh, But I, I... I want to give this book the benefit of the doubt. This is the book I remember the least. However, it is the book I remember making me the angriest while I read it at the time. I don't remember anything about this book. I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck's going on. I only remember the ending. So I'm just like, the, I think the biggest takeaway from the first five chapters for me is I feel like I'm reading the book from like a secondhand antagonist POV and Edward's <laughs> the antagonist. And and Jacob is actually the protagonist, but it's being cast differently. It's like when you have a uh, a villain story, and it's like a villain redemption arc, mm-hmm. and so it's from the villain's perspective. Except there's not a redemption, yeah. and so it's really weird that they're in the protag spot. <laughs> Edward is really bad in these chapters so far. I don't know how yeah. he's going to improve, but um. If he's going to improve at all. But um, it, it's really bad. So let's jump into it. Um, before we get into the preface, I would like to address the fact that Stephanie Meyer used a Robert Frost poem at the beginning of this book. Um, it's called Fire and Ice, and I will read it to you now. Some say the world will end in fire. Some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. But if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction ice is also great and would suffice. And that is a beautiful poem, but attributing it to this story? Reprehensible. (laughs) I am somebody who enjoys poetry. Mm -hmm. I write poetry. I've done it since middle school. I am personally insulted Mm -hmm. by the fact that stephanie meyer put a robert frost poem 
at the beginning of her book. He is one of the most famous poets of all time. He, of course, wrote The, the Road Less Traveled By. Um, I don't want to harp on this too much because it kind of gets repetitive, but no, you don't get to... It's like, it's like the Romeo and Juliet thing all over again. Look, Robert Frost is so... Like, not only is Robert Frost one of the most famous, po famous poets ever to exist... He's also really fucking good. Yeah. Which you're not going to think because his poetry is really overused for shit, which makes it almost cliche to fucking use it in your book for for this kind of thing. So it's like, number one, you did that. But then number two, it's actually good, though. Yeah. So... Go fuck yourself. Yeah. It was bad. Um, preface. Let's go into the preface. So, um, in the preface, Bella is once again in inexplicable danger and is being protected by someone, probably Edward, from someone else, probably Victoria, and then a wolf goes a womb. To be fair, it sounded like she was surrounded by a group, not just Victoria. I thought it was just one person because she talked about looking into their eyes. But it could be multiple. I don't remember. Um, it doesn't... The, this preface is fine as far as prefaces go. It's not as bad as the New Moon one. The New Moon one was too much. It gave away too many details, and it was chaotic and didn't really make any sense. But this one is vague yeah. enough that it's kind of like, where is this going? I I honestly, like, I read it and I was like, well, that's acceptable. But I felt like it was, like, if we didn't have the preface, I feel like the better it, book isn't any worse for it and maybe just slightly better because the preface is so useless because in this book we actually introduce the yeah. conflicts and the tension in the first few chapters yeah the actual conflicts not just the conflict of edward leaving which yeah. wound up not even being the real conflict in the end um so i don't really have a lot to say on the preface because it was just kind of nothing um but it wasn't it was text on a page yeah it wasn't bad chapter one so, we start the book out uh, with wonderful fonts meant to imitate handwriting on a note being passed through Billy to Charlie from Jacob to Bella. <laughs> um, and apparently you, she can still read all of the scratched out notes he had previously written on top of it because he wrote them so hard. And it's just a lot of, like, snarky, snide, angry things. Uh, and then eventually it was just like, yeah, I miss you too, but we can't do anything about it. Nothing's changed. Um, so then Bella rushes down, uh, because Charlie's making dinner and she suddenly smells smoke. And Charlie <laughs> nearly causes two kitchen fires with two items, the entire two items that he used. Uh, because he's apparently that confident, comp incompetent, which I refuse to believe that the responsible parent is that bad in the kitchen because he put a container of marinara sauce, spaghetti sauce. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's some kind of sauce you put on spaghetti and he put it in the microwave with its lid still on. Number one, metal catches on the fire in the microwave. Yeah. Bella which everybody down, knows. Pulls it out. Yeah. Everybody number knows that. It's not a mystery. <laughs> number two, you do not take a pressurized container 
and put it into an environment in which it will become more pressurized if you don't want that container to then explode. Yeah. And then he didn't stir, stir the noodles. The noodles. <laughs> he just left them in there to burn How on the bottom. How does he survive this long without Bella? Like, I don't understand. Like, did he just order pizza every night? I'm truly it that was so baffling your note about charlie being a responsible parent is very on point so they eat together and bella the whole time is like charlie's trying to cook for me which doesn't seem like a good way to take stuff off a plate considering how bad he is at it but because he's trying to butter her up and then he's like i'm gonna let you go you're not grounded anymore but there's a condition and his completely unreasonable condition is that she needs to make sure that she's making time for more than just Edward in her life. She has to find a balance. Yeah. And then he tells her she got mail and hands her an acceptance letter she received from some university in Which Alaska. he opened. Which he opened, which she made a point that that's a federal crime. <laughs> These are the most reasonable, ungrounding... It's literally, like, it's not even a condition. It's just be a well-rounded person. Yeah. Like, literally, just, like, please spend some time with your friends. And he's, like, asking her to uh, to just, like, not just, like, hyper-focus on Edward. Because he even points out, he's like, look, you wouldn't have been as bad off when Edward abandoned you if you had things in your life outside of Edward. And didn't we fucking say that at the beginning of New Moon? Yeah. Like, if she had other things in her life, other interests, maybe actually spent time with her friends then this wouldn't have been such a huge issue. And this is the, like, that's why it's like, yeah, no, he's completely right. And, like, I get why she's weird about it. Honestly, here I get it, because she's not going to be human anymore, and she's going to have to leave them all behind. So I'm like, I actually understand that. For once, I get why Bella's a little iffy about getting close to people again. Yeah. But I also think Charlie's right. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's really just unfortunate that he can't know the truth about Jacob. He's like, you need to go see Jacob. You need to talk to Jacob. And it's like... I literally can't. I wish she would just say that Jacob and Billy hate Edward. Like, yeah. I, like it, she doesn't have to explain why, but she could just be like, they really don't like the Cullens. And so Jacob doesn't want to see me because I'm, because I'm with Edward. And granted, Edward is also not letting her see Jacob, but it still would put Charlie more at ease rather yeah. than just being like, oh, wanna, you know? Yeah, her inability to explain simple concepts sometimes is distressing. Yeah. So then Ed arrives and sniffs Bella's veins. Of course. And he finds out Bella is ungrounded and wants to make use of that fact. And they're like, he's like, we could go to the city. And Charlie's like, you're not taking my daughter to Seattle. It's murder central right now. Yeah. And so Ed's like, no, I, would, I wouldn't take her to Seattle. And he brought along more college applications, including an application to Dartmouth. Uh, and Bella refuses to fill out that one because a lot of places are past their deadlines because she waited so long because she didn't intend to go to college anymore because she's an idiot. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, he's just been finding loopholes and or his family has been uh, donating to get her access to apply Mm -hmm. when she shouldn't be able to anymore. And she's like, no, I'm not fucking applying to Dartmouth because your family bribed them. 
and you like mean the thing on, that rich people do all the fucking time. And I'm just like, on the one hand, Dartmouth. On the other hand, mad respect for not wanting to do that. Also, Bella doesn't even want to go to college, which is so I dumb. I don't know why her becoming a vampire is making her like not want to go to college. Literally I don't either, because like I would want to go to college. Anyway, because, just like, to, I like learning things. Yeah, just to become more well-rounded. And she doesn't have any kind of clock anymore. Once she becomes a vampire, she can spend as much time as she wants going to college, learning shit, becoming skilled. There's no, like, I have to be successful immediately so that I can get into a good career so that I can support myself. She's oh my immortal! I know? took that as different meaning because I was thinking there's no clock because she no longer has to worry about, like, I have this much time in class and this much time at work and this much time to get my work done and I have to sleep try and sleep eight hours a night. That's true. And that I have to true. try and see people. She doesn't sleep anymore. It doesn't matter. She has all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah. And her point about it being like when she becomes a vampire, it'll be really hard for her to control herself is valid. But you can still go to college once you're done. Like, and we even learn later in Breaking Dawn that she has incredible self-control and won't attack people anyway. I don't know how it would be being around, like, a bunch of people all at once, because I don't remember that happening. She was only ever around, like, Charlie. But it's still just, like, I don't know. This is, granted, they don't know that now. They don't, they don't know right now that she's going to have that incredible self-control. But still, it was, it's just so stupid. Continue, please. So when she refuses to fill out the application, he just takes, because she's filled out part of it already, so he just takes the rest. He's like, I can sign your name and send in your essays. Yeah. And then they just discuss various things. And it's revealed that the murders in Seattle, because Bella asked to be turned into a monster. And Ed's like, look, bitch. Uh, the murders going on in Seattle are from an unclaimed neophyte. Um, and so that's what you're asking me to make you right now. Get your shit together, girl. Yeah, except this unclaimed, which we don't know right now, but the unclaimed neophyte is just a random person that Victoria bit because yeah. she's building an army, okay? It's very different when Bella is going to be joining a family of people who also aren't going to be eating other people. Ed incapable of reacting at an appropriate level to anything or with the correct Alice even says that later. Yes, like, I fucking like, loved that. I loved that line. That he's a teeny bit prone to overreaction? Like, yeah, fuck, yeah, he Fucking is. loved it. So, it ends because Bella, the chapter ends with Bella talking about how she wants to go visit Jake because she, I don't know what the fuck happened to Bella between New Moon occurring and eclipse occurring because somehow in the first two books bella was a shitty person but now all of a sudden in eclipse she's like a person with a conscience and morals and the ability to think about other people and be yeah. nice and so she's like i'm responsible for like i owe jacob more than this he deserves yeah. more than this he took care of me i can't just abandon him when he needs me and i'm like what the why did when did you become a good person all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah. And be, But Ed's like, no. You're not going over there. You're not going down to the res to see Jacob. Because we can't go with you and protect you. Okay. Once again, 
your brother literally attacked her. Yeah, he's, he's like, really <laughs> fucking rich, considering the entire plot of the last book was the fact that he, she's not safe around the vampires. So, I'm just like, I don't understand. And I, I guess I can get it, because at least around other vampires, he has the solace that he is there and can technically protect her. But, and he can't be there around the werewolves. But she hung out with the werewolves all the time, including when one of them lost control. And not only did she not get hurt, but they didn't just abandon her the next day. Yeah, the one time something bad happened with a werewolf actually ended up better than the time something happened with Edward's family. Yes. So. Bella defending what Edward did, by the way, and acting like he didn't do anything wrong is really gross. I hate yes. it. When, when she's talking to Jacob later. Oh. And what's also really gross. So I act, I do understand, Ed, at least on the point of I don't like that you're going somewhere where you're going to be in some measurable amount of danger. And I literally can't go with you. But Jacob's not but, the dangerous one. On the other hand, you don't get to fucking tell your significant other where they can and can't go. Yeah, you can Period. make a suggestion. You can say, I don't feel comfortable with this, but you don't get to say that it's not okay. And in the next chapter, I I almost lost my shit. I believe he even said it's not an option. Yes. And it's like, no, you don't get to say that. You don't get to say and that. If, and if they're insistent upon doing something that you're not okay with on a deep level, then you're free to make it to end that relationship. Yeah. But th those are your two options. Say you're not comfortable with it in the relationship. Third option, accept it and fucking live with it. Yeah. Um. So when they talk about Wuthering Heights and Edward, first of all, com says that he doesn't understand how Catherine and Heathcliff could have ranked amongst couples like Romeo and Juliet we don't we don't need to get into it because we talked about Romeo and Juliet a lot in the last book. Just 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 to refresh, Romeo and Juliet, shitty example of romance. Yes. Why would you if your point is these characters are a shitty example of romance, they're definitely on Romeo and Juliet levels. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um and then Edward says the phrase, I still think it would be a better story if either of them had one redeeming quality. And I laughed so hard because I don't know if this is what Stephanie Meyer was going for at this point. But it's literally, literally him talking about Twilight. Because I, I, I was like, because <laughs> I read it, I was like, are you, are you giving self-commentary right now? Because if so... Why are you keeping this story up? Or are you so inept that you didn't make that connection to your own writing? Yeah. It's that line alone. I was like, I couldn't. It killed me it. inside. It did. It killed me inside <laughs> as well. Um, and then you made this note about penguins because Bella was like, if someone murders America. a penguin, I will fucking slit their throat. <laughs> I love penguins. Do not fucking hurt the penguins. Okay, okay, we got it. We got it. You don't need to be that close to the mic. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Ed yeah. is right about one thing, though, in all this. Because he tells her, because she's like, I don't need to go to college anyways. And he's like, 
you could go and enjoy a semester or two of college and still get turned into a vampire afterwards. And she, and I'm like, fucking thank you. Yes, she can. I, like, it is entirely reasonable. Mm-hmm. Ignoring the can, the possibility of danger she would be in. Were it not for that, I would say, yes, go live your life, girl. See a little bit of what you're not going to have. Even yeah. though you're still basically going to have it, you just can't go out during the daytime in a sunny place. But she's in danger Yes. because there's a group of ancient vampires waiting for her to be dead one way or another. Uh, and Ed's like, well, you're not in danger right now. And I'm like, bitch, you don't know when she is in danger. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? It's, it's, it's painful and it's stupid, but I can't keep talking about how much I wish Edward had already changed her into a vampire. Why the fuck would you sniff somebody's wrist? <laughs> anyone, when they, when I greeted them at my door, took my hand and started sniffing my veins it's i would context, back away slowly okay? and clo- you're not I dating don't a care. vampire it's still fucking I weird know, but he wants to drink her blood look i i will i will rip this book apart with you piece by piece i promise but this one part you know he's first of all weird and second of all he loves That's the smell the pro- of her blood look if i dated a vampire i could respect like i of course vampires are sexy that's fine i respect that and i respect the fact that i'm I'm a snack (laughs) but don't be fucking weird about it like you can nuzzle me Mm -hmm. and like smell me when we're cuddling and tell me but like do not fucking just grab my arm and run your nose along my veins (laughs) okay fine (laughs) god it's dumb i get it chapter two (laughs) chapter two Bella lets her friends know that she's ungrounded now and offers to help Angela out with her graduation announcements. Alice has a vision at lunch, super obviously, and both she and Edward become anxious about it to the point that Edward is nice to Mike purely so that Bella won't ask him any questions. The fact that already at this point, Bella doesn't have an expectation of what is coming is dumb. It is really stupid. When she realizes that Victoria is coming back and she's like, what? Spoilers! Sorry, but when she's like, whoa, what? It's so dumb. She never left in the first place. That was like, they never in New Moon said that she was gone. She just like went into the ocean. I don't understand. Anyway, so back at Bella's house, she and Edward do a good kiss. Bella sends her mother an email, then Edward makes fun of her for brutalizing her truck stereo and even brings up the disaster that was her birthday. He tries to convince her to go to Florida this coming weekend. But she refuses because she doesn't want to fight with Charlie. Edward then tells Bella about Alice's vision, but it's probably a lie. And this was the point where I was like, okay, now you're really fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, he's trying to allure you away. He Something clearly happened, and he didn't tell you about it. He avoided talking to you purposefully. And she's like, no, it's just me. I think it's just me being... I'm like, no. No. This is somebody that has misled you time and again about shit going on. And is you're in a position where you know there are people out there who want you to do you harm. Yeah. The fact that she doesn't go, Victoria Volturi, one of them's coming probably. It's 
it's really stupid, especially because he didn't tell her about it until now. And he's already <sighs> lying to her. He is already lying to her, and we're only, like, in the beginning of chapter two. Um, so then Edward brings up the plane tickets to Charlie, who instantly becomes furious. Bella defends her right to go see her mom with Edward, even though she just told Edward that she did not want to have this conversation with Charlie because Bella cannot seem to admit when Edward is wrong. Then when she and Edward leave, she stands up for herself um, and says that, like, he shouldn't have done that. But, like, nothing is going to change because there were no consequences immediately in the moment. Like, she wasn't like, Charlie, I don't want to go anyway. He's bringing this up even though I just told him not to. Um, but then Edward says that she's not allowed to go to a party at Billy's over the weekend because he's a fucking asshole. Eduardo, I'm only controlling because I love you and want to protect you, Cullen. It That's sucks. His new name. It sucks. But we haven't even gotten to the worst part. No. Okay, so when Bella gets home, Charlie wants to talk about the birds and the bees because he's a good dad. Bella is really awkward and she says that she's a virgin rather than just saying that she and Edward are being responsible. But then she like goes to bed because Charlie is like, I don't want to fucking talk about this. Um, I don't understand why you wouldn't just be like, I don't understand why when her dad was like, just tell me that you guys are being responsible. She wasn't just like, yeah, we're being responsible. Like, why is that not your response? You don't have to be like, I'm a virgin. It's creepy. It's weird. I don't want to hear about it. Anyway, so then uh, Bella decides that she wants to go see Jacob, but then Edward appears and removes a part of from her engine so she cannot drive abuse abuse that is abuse do, you do not dismantle your significant other's vehicle let me repeat this you do not dismantle your significant other's vehicle in an attempt to control them uh really fucked up it is what she does i hate it i was screaming when that happened what she chooses to do is her decision to make. Yeah. You do not get to control that, whether or not you think she is in danger. This is like, we can say, okay, well, there's the possibility of danger. Fine. But it's not like she's trying to drive herself into a drug den. Yeah. She just wants to go see her This friend. is more like saying... I'm going to dismantle your car because you're trying to go to a bar in a seedy part of town. It's not even it's that. Like, she just wants to go see her friend. Yeah, but it's like, I guess like, okay, there's still an element of danger there, but like, she'd probably be fine. Not with Jacob is the thing is like, everybody is just like, he keeps glossing over the fact that Jacob has never once lost control with her. He only lost control because Edward wouldn't let her hug him. I can understand why he's concerned, though, about it. I guess, but it's just Like, dumb. it's not the fact that he's lost control. It's the fact that he could. It's stupid, but I get, but like, I Bella's get the- that's choice to make. If she it wants is, to- that's what I'm saying. Get her ass kicked by a werewolf, then that's her, that she should be allowed to. Yes. So, like, I understand why he perceives that there might be danger, but that doesn't give him the right to stop her. It's her life. Yeah. 
But that's the end of chapter two. It is. And chapter three starts with them on the plane back from Florida. We get a single flashback scene of a conversation between Bella and Renee in which Renee points out how fucking weird Bella and Edward's relationship is. Yeah. Uh, and Bella just ends up convincing, gaslighting her and convincing her that she's reading too many weird books. She's like, you're reading too much mystery and science. Stick to romance, mom. Stick to romance. And she talks about that as like, it's always been really easy to sway her and I feel bad about it right now. And I'm like, maybe it's because you guys are fucking weird. Mm-hmm. So they get home and Charlie tells Bella that Jake has been calling for her since she left. And then he calls again before she can even try to return the call. And when she answers, he starts acting, he's acting really weird. And she asks, he asks if Bella's going to school the next day. And Bella assumes that he's like, once they get off, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to school. And she thinks that it's because it takes three days about for the vampire transformation to take place. So he must think that because she was gone for three days, she was turned into a vampire, which would violate the treaty. And therefore start a war. Um, but that didn't happen. My big takeaway from this section is that Renee is a terrible fucking parent still. But she seems like she'd be a really fun person to be friends with or date. Yeah. And just never be allowed to be responsible for another life. Yeah. Like, she seems like she's actually smart and, like, like perceptive. Like, she... And she's, like, she has, like, fun interests, and she's a fun person. She just should never be responsible for another life. <laughs> yeah. So, the next day, they get to school, and Ed's like, hey, will you trust me if I if I ask you to do something? And, and Bella, actually being intelligent, is like, uh, depends on what you ask me to do. Yeah. And... Then she sees Jake. Jake's there. And so she's like, oh, I guess he was, he was coming to the school. And then Ed's like, he's not here to talk to you. He's here to talk to me. He knew that if wherever you went, I would be. So that's why he asked you to come to school. And Jacob came to deliver a warning uh, because of what happened while they were in Florida that Ed hasn't been telling Bella about. Because he's trying to protect her. Uh, and that pisses Jake off. And Jake's sitting there like, why are you trying to protect her instead of just being honest with her? And I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> and then when Ed keeps being a dick, Jake shows him, memory, like he plays memories in his head of all the times Bella was hurt while Ed was gone. Just to prove a point. Yeah. And then he gets chased away by, by the vice principal. And I'm just like, we. when I was reading it, I was like, Bella, how the fuck do you not know what Ed is showing Jacob right Or what Jacob's showing Ed right now? Like, it's obvious it's, it is really based obvious. on their responses and what they're doing that he's showing him. And in the context, because it had been about Ed saying something about her getting hurt. And so it's like, okay, context here. Kind of shitty on Jake's part. Not because he's wrong, but only because it's obviously going to upset Bella that he did it. And if he doesn't want to upset Bella, it's kind of a dick move to do it. Yeah. 
But I also appreciate that he's shitting on Ed the entire time. Yeah. For not respecting Bella as a person and her own like he just, ability Edward to deal with things. This. He needs to see the way that he left Bella. He needs to understand that he's being an asshole and that this is her best friend. He like there, there's so much he just needs to get through his stupid dumb thing. And he needs Ed. to understand that it's not his job to protect her. It's if his they're job partners, to be her boyfriend. And if they're partners, he needs to be honest with her, not shelter her. Because the way he's acting is something that a parent would do for a child, which is really fucked up. Yeah. So, they go to class, and uh, Bella and Ed pass notes. And that's when she finds out what actually happened, which is that Victoria came back. And the wolves and the vampires ended up chasing her along the little borderline between the two territories. And then a fight almost broke out when Paul thought Emmett crossed the border. But then Carlisle and Jasper ended up getting everything under control. And Ed took Bella away because of Alice having a vision of uh, Victoria returning. And then Bella's like, you need to tell me what's going on next time. And he's like, okay. But Which, she doesn't trust that he's actually going to. No, and I wouldn't either. Yeah. And the biggest problem I have with this is I'm like, I understand they don't like each other. But Sam's a reasonable person. Yeah. Carlisle is a very level-headed person. And their goals are aligned right now, which is get Victoria and kill her. And they cannot, like reach the conclusion that they should make a truce, temporary truce to take out Victoria. Jacob even makes the comment that it would have been a great ambush if they had known that the Cullens were coming. Like, so later, how do you not make the connection that if you work together, it'll be easier to catch her? Because he even, like, when they're arguing out on the in the school grounds, Ed was like, you could have just called us. And he was like, I don't have bloodsuckers on speed dial. And I'm like, but what if you talked to what if you did what if you guys actually talked so to each other so here's the thing jacob has a tangible reason for hating the cullens like oh, he yeah. has a very real reason that he hates them so i don't blame him for being like fuck you i hate you i don't want to talk to you however edward even with all of his posturing and all of his like pretending to be super civil he is being malicious towards them by refusing to let bella be around them for no reason i mean for the perceived danger but still this is a group of people that is literally your mortal enemy and has still allowed you to live next to them so long as you don't kill people yeah has let you live next to them, not just because, like, oh, they'll kill you. They'll, ex like, they could very well just expose you for being yeah. vampires. And people will put the pieces together because, no offense not to very small towns, it is a small town and they are weird as fuck. So. <laughs> I haven't had enough staring at cafeteria walls in the last <laughs> two books. Just staring at the wall! Your last note on the bedding. Ah, yeah, I do appreciate the fact that there's just a group. It's Ben, Mike, uh, some guy named Austin, which once again is just a, a random, random dude person. that's introduced with a name. Like, who is <laughs> and then, that? Uh, I don't know. Tyler He's a taking friend. bets on if Ed or Jake would win in a fight. Yeah. So, 
that was fun. I liked that. Um, the assumption that uh, Edward would win based on Jasper and Emmett helping is so So stupid. it's like, so he can't win. <laughs> so he can't win. He's going to lose. Like, Jacob would win if they were just people. Like if He's they relying were... on calling in daddy. Yeah. Daddy Emmett and Daddy Jasper. My two daddies. Oh my god. Um, but, oh gosh, hi. Sorry, my dog just, just hopped up on me. I thought um, you were going to say humped you. No, she just hopped up on me like, Mom, I'm sick. Take care of me. She has she has a little infection. Okay, she's fine. She's Mine just started medicated. her period. What? Mine just started her period today. Ew. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was supposed to get her, uh, get fixed, like, this week. Oh, God. Ruby's never had a period because, unfortunately, we, we fixed her at seven months old, which I now understand that you need to wait a little longer because that's probably why she's so little. Um, she's very healthy. She's just small. <laughs> um, anyway. Have you seen those eyes? She's got very large eyes. <laughs> I'm not sure that's healthy. She's healthy. She's, she can see the future. <laughs> <laughs> Four. That's why she's so dumb. Yeah, <laughs> she's just she saw too much and she ho it hodored her. It did. It, it ho <laughs> she became hodor, and so now she's only capable of just running in circles. Um. So chapter four begins with Bella being worried about Victoria, but the, all of the Cullens are insisting that she's not a threat, which she is. That's really stupid. Also, like already the conflict of victoria having built a vampire army them not starting to think oh maybe this is related is is kind of dumb already but it's gonna get even dumber the further down the line we get and they still don't understand yeah because like the second they said neophyte that hadn't been claimed i was like oh well that's victoria yeah <laughs> why would you not think that that's victoria so, uh, Edward goes hunting with Da Boys, and Bella is fucking miserable because she can't be without him for more than three seconds without panicking. Bella does- <laughs> Bella does a metaphor with some magnets because she wants Edward and Jacob to get along. Yeah, so Bella talking to magnets is kind of a mood. Like, that's- That is true. Her being like, why can't you just fucking like, get along? Like, that's legit a thing I do. Like, I will just talk to objects and things about stuff. Even though they yeah. obviously either aren't listening or are not capable of yeah. having <laughs> thought. <laughs> it was silly, but like I, I liked it. I thought it was funny. So then Bella goes to Newton's, and then Mike's mother is worried about the murders in Seattle, and then she tells Bella to go home. Because Bella had announced that she was going to quit working uh, when the summertime started, and they're like they've already kind of replaced her with someone else. She's easy to replace. I don't replace. know why she doesn't just quit. Why hasn't she just quit? Like, I don't understand. Gotta save up for that college fund. Of course. Uh, then Bella makes a split decision to, split second decision to go to La Push so that Alice can't follow, which is actually, like, that's decent. That's fine. Yeah, that, that's actually um, what I was, like, earlier. I was like, I would just decide to go in the moment, but the problem is I have enough forethought that I would be like, I'm gonna decide to go in the moment, but then obviously the future would change, so it's like, Fuck, yeah. I plan too much to be able to get around Alice. <laughs> yeah. She meets up with Jacob and is super thrilled to be with him because he's not dangerous at all. She surprises him by telling him that Edward left to keep her safe. But he still points out, well, he came back anyway, so it doesn't matter what he did or why he did it. 
he left you, it sucked, and then he came back, and it, you're acting like it never happened. If if it had just been found out later that he left to keep you safe, but the but he never came back because that was the way he viewed being the safest, then that's one thing. But he came back anyway, rather than continuing to quote-unquote keep her safe. Um, they talk for a while, and Jacob is kind of a jerk, but Bella deserves it because she's really obnoxious about how perfect she thinks Edward is. And that's chapter four, which was honestly kind of nothing. Oh my god. I mean, it, it was good that she went and saw Jacob. I liked that, but... No, we are not glazing over this. What? Because you said it's obnoxious how perfect she thinks Edward is. No. Let me read you the fucking line that I highlighted, because I was like, okay. what the fuck? I, okay, so this is Jacob telling her um, basically that it's she, he doesn't understand why she loves Jacob or why she loves yeah. Edward. And so she says, I love oh, yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is so bad. Not because he's beautiful or because he's rich. I'd much rather he weren't either one. It would even out the gap between us just a little bit because he'd still be the most loving an unselfish and brilliant and decent person I've ever met. Bitch, that's where? Jacob. Yeah, that's Jacob. That's you're describing. You Jacob. literally just described Jacob. 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 That's so ridiculous. <laughs> I I just don't understand. I read that. I really do not. And get I was it. just like. I'm going to throw my book across the... I'm going to burn this book and then go to Half Price Books and buy another copy. (laughs) I've been... Like, I've already been so pissed off at how awful he is. And we're only in... Like, we're only four chapters in. And for some reason, she's like, he's just, like, so sweet and perfect. Bella, you just have a low self-esteem. And he's hot. The fact that she is that blind that she says all that stuff about him, I'm just like, I don't understand where you got these ideas from. unselfish yeah what <laughs> yeah he's not even a person he's a vampire <laughs> um yeah. anyways but that's the end of chapter four. Chapter, five, chapter five uh jake tells bella the full story of sam uli yuli uli fuck you okay keep going i'm not arguing with this i still anymore. didn't know which one was right when i said it you say the same one every time, and it's always wrong. You think that, like, three weeks later I remember what I said the last time? Yeah, but sometimes it's only one week in between, and you still say it wrong, and I said it earlier. So no one left on the res knew about what was happening when Sam first changed. So he just went missing for two weeks, and his girlfriend at the time, Leah Clearwater, and uh, his mom... Like, had search parties out for him and shit. And after, like, two weeks, he finally was able to change back into a human and wander home. Um, And he thought he was kind of nuts until uh, Quill's granddad came down to the res for a bit and shook his hand and was like, oh, shit, you're really hot. But also, you're really hot. Um, You must be a a wolf. Yeah. And so then they got the elders together and they figured out and they were like, oh, he's a wolf. wolf." Um, But Sam couldn't explain it to Leia who he was dating for reasons which caused tension that they were trying to work through, which I still don't grasp because in New Moon, it was that Jacob couldn't tell Bella because Sam told him he couldn't. But 
Sam couldn't tell Leia because... I assume it's because the elders were like, if you tell her, it's just going to put her at risk. It, the way... And so he just didn't Because they her. say he tried to get around it. Oh, yeah, that's really weird. So it's like there was nobody... There was no alpha to tell him no. So I'm like, what the... Anyways. Uh, But then Emily came down to the res at one point, and Emily was Leia's cousin. And uh, Sam imprinted on her, which ended the relationship with Leia. And... It is Leia, Leia. by the way. It's not Leia. Okay, Leia. I I, I started with Leia, too, and then I transitioned into Leia for some reason. And I was like, why did she start saying Leah. I mean, Leia. Damn. Leah. Anyway, continue. Anyways, so Sam ended up making peace with his Transformy stuff uh, when he mauled Emily, and she was the one to comfort him. That's the part that I had to read to Brandon because I was so disgusted. I was so disgusted. I understand if your partner makes a mistake and then they're really upset about it and you can understand that they're definitely not going to do it again and they're like, please understand, like, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe you give them a little comfort, like, don't worry, I believe you, I know it's not going to happen again. But, like, he almost killed her and then he cried about it so much that she was like, don't worry, it's okay, I'll just get another face and arm and skin and the ability to smile. I hated it so much. I hated it. I'm s- and not to mention, it all started with Jacob saying, um, well, you can't really, it's hard to ignore that level of adoration and commitment because he basically just like bothered her until she got into a relationship with him. Oh, so that's what that meant. That's what I'm assuming. Because like, he probably just followed her around a lot. See, I'm still not because upset Stephanie about Meyer the mauling thing. Because, like, that. apparently he had nobody to help him. So I'm just like. That is true. But he, at that, it's not like it was the first time he had ever transformed. And it's, he didn't, it's not that he didn't have anyone around to help him. He didn't have another werewolf around to help yeah. him. But there were others, there were elders in the tribe who were trying to help him. I feel like you're applying too much real person to this. Like I am. I truly like am. you can't it's you like, can't draw a connection between like hitting your significant other once and him turning into a fucking wolf and mauling her. Yeah. I still don't agree with it. It still seems super like she was made to feel bad because of how upset he was, even though her life was the one that was ruined. Oh see, I didn't take it that way because it sounded like it was like immediate that she went to him. To, like, calm him down and convince him he wasn't a monster for it. I don't know. I mean, I... I I just don't like it. It just read very wrong to me. Because, I don't know, as a woman, it just, like... Sorry, not to as a woman you, but, like... So, if, (laughs) if she was a man and they did it, it would be fine. No, it's just... It's the way that... I feel like women are conditioned to just accept yes the aggression and the vitriol that is thrown at them by men and that when men get really upset and like apologize a lot for the things that they've done you're supposed to accept it 
but I just don't think that that's right. And I, I get that that's probably not what Stephanie Meyer intended. Like, it was probably meant to seem like, oh, poor Sam. But no, fuck, fuck Sam. But he's poor Emily. a monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, is it is it not different when it's something that isn't necessarily controllable? I don't know. The thing is, like, it's it's hard because it's like uh, take take out um, the context of it being a woman and a man, and just look at it as he has this weird genetic thing that makes him turn into literally an animal. And it took him a while to get it under control. And he ended up hurting someone he cared about in the process. Does that make him bad? I mean, I think, I I guess I just don't have a lot of sympathy for people who lose control of their anger and then it becomes everybody else's problem. I mean, I get that with real people. Yeah. I just, like... I would never justify a normal person. But, like, within the story, we're made to understand that, like, he didn't really have, like, he literally didn't have control over it. He literally didn't have control is a strong word, considering, uh, technically, Jacob didn't have control either. But he has always managed to keep his cool. But, like, so Paul doesn't normally have control. So it's made to seem like it's subjective. Yeah, and then Paul, I don't have sympathy for Paul either. Because he loses control and he tried to kill Bella for existing around Jacob. I, I, look, look, Hmm. look. I see it both ways. I'm not saying that Sam is 100% bad. I'm just saying that the way this is being told where we're supposed to feel bad for Sam, even though Emily is the innocent bystander who was pursued by her cousin's ex-boyfriend, her cousin who she is as close to as a sister, the way they've described it, uh, her cousin's ex-boyfriend who magically fell in love with her at first sight and then was pursued by him until she was like, okay, fine, let's get into a relationship. Yeah, that part's and then problematic. he fucked up her Yeah. And then he fucked up her face. And I'm not I am not implying literally at all that a woman cannot have massive scarring and then go like fall in love with someone and find ha- find someone who is going to find them beautiful. But doesn't it make you just feel like if you had gigantic scars down your face wouldn't you feel a little insecure oh yeah wouldn't you feel a little bit like well i have to stay with this person who's in love with me because how difficult is it going to be for me to find someone else not to mention native women and this is this is me bringing in my entire fucking issue with the way that these native americans have been portrayed in this book native women are one of the most vulnerable groups of people that exist, especially in the United States. Native women are murdered and raped and beaten at a rate higher than almost anyone else aside from black women. So for them to now take this woman who is already incredibly fucking vulnerable and say that this guy fell in love with her and he adored her and he committed to her and he basically probably pursued her until 
she was like, okay, fine. Even though she was pissed at him because he broke up with her cousin to pursue her. And then he lost his temper and fucked up her face. And, but then I get it. I get it that there is this magical property that says that he can't control his anger. And it's really hard for him not to transform, especially because, again, there were no other werewolves around. But Emily is a victim. And this narrative is making Sam the victim. And that is what I don't have, what I'm not okay with. Because Native Americans are being brutalized in this story, specifically this Native woman who didn't even want to be in this relationship in the fucking first place. And now there has to be, and I'm attributing real world personality traits onto these people when clearly they don't have any, but she has to feel like, I can't, how else am I going to find someone? How am I, like, what if nobody else ever finds me beautiful? Or I'm stuck with this guy because he's magically in love with me. I'm sorry. That was a rant. I didn't want to go on that rant. Well, no, I think it's actually good because you never gave context before. So you always just hated on Sam, but I didn't get it. Well, I hated on Sam because he lost his control and mauled his girlfriend. But see, because of the magical property, I was like, I don't, why, why does she have such a problem with this? Like, I understand normally if it was like a random guy that just punched his girlfriend in the face, but I didn't have any of the context for the Native American stuff or the violence and rape or you know although well, I like... mean, it's for me it is the perfect okay for me as someone who has been treated really poorly by a person that i was in a relationship with and then made to feel like it was my fault that it happened it just like it was the perfect allegory i'm sorry i'm talking with my hands. no i was saying hi me too oh yeah <laughs> um it, it was just the the perfect fucking allegory for that it, I know that technically in this case, he has this magical thing about him that makes him lose control, but that's an excuse written in by the author for him to be violent and it not be his fault. Okay, so then, okay. See, this is why it's important to talk about it because it's, it's that's a problem. Now I see what you're getting at because I don't understand the issue with Sam specifically in this instance, but the overarching problem is really that it was just a justification that Stephanie Meyer was using. Essentially, yes. Because ultimately, it's still, oh, he beat her, but they love each other. Yes. And Stephanie Meyer was just throwing it away to try and justify it. Mm-hmm. Understandable. That's why, that's why I have such an issue with the whole thing. Because it feels to me like the, especially because, keep in mind... These two, I think, are, like, 20 years old. It's not like they're, like, they've been together for a long time. It's another example of Stephanie Meyer writing in young people who feel like they have to stay committed to each other, like, because they're, like, in love when they're 18. And I know that is kind of rich coming from me being married to someone who I started dating when I was 18, but we didn't get married until we were in our 20s and, like, had actual world experiences first. So the... It, it just, like, I guess I should have specified that the writing makes it bad. It's not, it's, technically speaking, it's not Sam's fault because he doesn't exist. And it, it's not his fault because Stephanie Meyer made it this way, which is really toxic and bad. Because I agree with that. 
it I feel like it does send the message that if your boy it if your boyfriend quote unquote can't control himself and he beats you even if it's just once you should forgive him because he loves you and he feels really bad about it if you are you're familiar with love bombing right that's what it felt like to me it felt like she he he fucked her up and then she he love bombed her which doesn't just involve saying i love you i love you i love you it's a lot of apologizing it's a lot of saying i fucked up i'm a monster i did this thing wrong blah 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 and then she eventually comes back because she's like oh he's sorry like he obviously didn't mean it but how do you know it's not gonna happen again how do you know it's not gonna happen again it might not even happen anytime soon it might not happen for another five years. One of my favorite books of all time is called It Ends With Us. It's by Colleen Hoover. And it's a romance. It is literally a romance in which the main character is in an abusive relationship. And it's about the cycle of abuse and how her father was abusive. And so she thought that she would recognize the signs of abuse. But then when she gets into this relationship with this guy, he hits her once. And she's like, absolutely not. And she wants to leave. And he's like, please, 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 it'll never happen again. Well, it doesn't happen again for another six months to a year. And then she's he's like, listen, it hasn't happened in forever. I'm working on it, but like it's not going to happen again. And so then it doesn't happen again for another two months. And then it happens again and again and again and again. And sooner or later, you've just so accepted that he can't control himself. He can't help it. He's trying. You gaslit yourself, not gaslit yourself. You've been gaslit into thinking that he can't. He just can't. He just can't control himself. And yeah, this is this is magical, but it it's only magical because Stephanie Meyer said so. So, if we were going to fix this, two options. Emily fucking hates him. Yes. Number and but he's still imprinted on her. Number two, if we wanted to keep it where if she wanted to keep it where Emily and Sam were together. Because I always read them both as victims anyways. But I see what you're saying about being written with more leaning towards him as the victim. We get more insight onto Emily and her struggling with it. And the ramifications on her life because of what happened. Yeah. And and just like, don't we don't need to include the bit where he felt bad. Yeah. Just, why don't you just say that he actively made a commitment to not have that happen anymore? Or the, the other way to fix it is have him say, I need time to get my shit under control. If you still want to be with me when I get back and we can actually work on this and you see that I have changed, then we can. And that is actually a decent fix. Alternatively, have imprinting start before the change happens. And so he imprints on Emily before he ever turns into a werewolf. And then he, the first time he turns into a werewolf is when he hurts her because he doesn't know what the fuck he is. Yes. Because then, at that point, he has no context for, I need to control my anger. Because we keep saying he can't control it, but he knows that it will happen. There is no way he does not know that it will happen if he gets upset. Because he's already changed multiple times at this point. He's already, like, talked to the elders. I wish we had more context for it. Or more understanding of the exact timeline and how it happened. I would love. I would love a story that was just giving us an explanation of this, 
However, the fact that it is about Native Americans and involves the brutalization of a Native American woman just makes it terrible. I also all don't around. want Stephanie Meyer writing that story. Yeah. Because that would be terrible. Anyway, I apologize that I got really heated. And I also apologize that I definitely just like really didn't communicate it correctly because I understand that I kind of just made it seem like I was like, no, fuck Sam. And you were like, I don't get it. Yeah, that was the thing. Is I was <laughs> I like, I, like, you're good. I just need like, I'm just glad that you explained it all because I was like, why? What is the issue with Sam so much? Yeah, it's just because it always read to me like he quote-unquote lost control and then made himself the victim and you know, i get it now it's just i get it thank you i don't hate sam anyway. still but like i agree that stephanie meyer's writing is shitty it's not his fault and she wrote this she poorly wrote it that way <laughs> she wrote this poorly yeah. and she wrote once again another example of a poor relationship interaction that should not have been written <laughs> yeah should not should never have happened not happen it's bad not to mention like the whole beginning part of the relationship where it said that emily was pissed off at him and didn't want to be with him i i've okay see now i'm thinking like because i i might have skimmed over it i read this for for our listeners to know i I read this this morning i've been very busy with work um and i'm like i feel like i missed that bit because i got what happened with leah in that Emily was her cousin. And that then he imprinted and then they ended up together. But like I missed this whole pursuit thing. This like unwanted pursuit. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so how did Emily deal with this if she was so close to Leah? Sam and Emily were utterly right together. Two puzzle pieces shaped for each other exactly. Still, how had Emily gotten past the fact that he'd belonged to someone else her sister almost Uh, she was real angry in the beginning but it's hard to resist that level of commitment and adoration yeah you see what i mean yeah that's bad jacob sighed and then sam could tell her everything there are no rules that can bind you when you find your other half you know how she got hurt and then it goes into the explanation about Sam. Yeah, I misread that chap that uh, that paragraph. And then, not to mention, the final sentence of the next part is, he was shattered. Then, somehow, she was the one comforting him. Cause... So with this context, I hope you understand why it rubbed me so fucking Yeah, because I, when I first read that paragraph, I actually thought that Emily and Leah were, Leah were switched. So I thought it was saying that Leah was angry that he was with Emily. But she couldn't, like, she couldn't say anything because she, like, understood the imprinting and the level of commitment he had. And so she, like, stopped. The, the resentment towards him stopped. I didn't realize it was Emily resented him because yeah. he was with Leah. Well, can you Yeah, imagine? okay, now I, now, yeah. Now I'm on the same page here. <laughs> it's again it's not technically sam's fault it's just stephanie meyer made it that way and so it's bad because she made it bad and this is once again coming down to stephanie meyer did this thing that was bad and then now these characters who in and of themselves because you made it not their fault it's not their fault but it still sends a terrible message and it's a it it is literally like the perfect allegory for this very real world thing because, I mean, can you imagine young, impressionable women reading? 
I read this book when I was a young and impressionable woman and then later went on to be in a relationship with someone who made it my fault when they didn't treat me well. I'm not saying I got that exactly from Eclipse, but like... No, you did. It's Stephanie Meyer's fault. You can't deny the things that you read, the, the content that you are so invested in when you're young it really it it imprints upon your brain and you get that message whether you think you do or not it's not like this person treated me poorly and then made it my fault and i and i said oh but in eclipse emily was okay with sam mauling her it's just it it was like it's subconscious and that's that's one of the biggest reasons why we are roasting these books so hard is because of their target audience being impressionable young women Let's not pretend they're adult women that don't realize that the way they're treated partners treat oh, them yeah. poorly aren't isn't awful. Oh yeah, no. I'm just saying that the thirteen and fourteen year olds are the ones who are most in danger. Yeah. Because again, we're reading this right now as twenty four and twenty five year old women and we're like, This is not okay. Anyway. Anyway. Wolf's age really quick. Uh and they stop aging entirely. Apparently. So then, then Bella has a freak out about more age stuff. Uh, but then Jake... Which at this point, I'm on her side. Then Jacob is... I would freak out too. Like, nah, it's cool, fam. I'll start aging again once I don't transform for a really long period of time. Because eventually you learn to control it to that point. And I'm like, so you could just stay immortal by consistently yeah. changing. They talk about that in Breaking Dawn is when he falls in love with the baby. I, be, I was like, bitch... I'd be changing into a werewolf every full moon just to be, like, on theme and to stay immortal. Yeah. Um, but then they end up in a really dumb argument over how Bella should be with a human. And Bella's like, you're not human, Jake. And he's like, but I'm, like, human still. But they're not human. The vampires are not human. And, like, I get what Jake's saying. He's way more human than the vampires But at the are. same time, I'm also, like, number one, he's missing so many parallels. Because, like, he said he didn't choose to be a werewolf. And Bella's like, they didn't choose to be vampires, generally. Like, it's Yeah, just, none of them had a choice. Like he is completely oblivious to the parallels between the situations they're in. But on. I was just going to say that I think it's because he is really cares about Bella and he really wants to be with her. And so it's like his brain is only seeing the Collins as being bad and he's trying to find ways that they are bad that will ring true to Bella but none of them work. And I'm not saying he's right no. because you're right. He is just completely glossing over it. But I'm just I think that's where it's coming from. Is him just like because he definitely like when you have this instinctual hatred of those people and I'm I'm doing the thing where I'm like, "Well, he can't help it." But this is something that's like really like ingrained inside of him where he's like, "I have to hate them." Also, he hates them because of what they did to Bella. So I think he's just trying, he's just like scrounging to find a reason why she would hate them, but she just never will. Which I'm like, which is but why? You have to realize that it's not going to work eventually. 
Um, I know. It's, I mean, when you really care about someone and love someone, you don't want to see them run into something and get hurt. Yeah. And in Bel- in Jacob's eyes, that's exactly what she's doing. I just, I'm like, this is not the right avenue to take to convince her. You're not going to win yeah. this way. His little statement of, I feel human, is actually pretty decent, though, because he's expressing the fact that his very he- human emotions have been deeply hurt by everything that's happened and i thought that was really sweet because it it really reminds you that he is just a teenage boy who has kind of been sucked into all of this he's the youngest character like he's the youngest main character so far and he's trying desperately to help the person that he loves more than anyone aside from his own dad and she's just not being receptive because she only has eyes for edward which he is 110 and is less mature than jacob most of the time so but i'm still they have yet have one i was just going to say they have yet to totally murder jacob's character he's been he's been kind of an asshole at some points but like again it's deserved what the fuck does stephanie meyer think human means because within the characters in this book vampires say they're not human werewolves say the vampires aren't human the werewolves say they are human and i'm like okay but you're so you are alive technically but you change into a wolf vampires are not living but they still are definitely human like they originated from humans they're just undead i'm going to go with the fact that werewolves are completely human when they are in their human form yes they can run fast and they're pretty strong but they still have blood pumping through their veins they still have a heart beating he even makes that point by having her touch his heart and they still like they they eat they drink they literally function as a human my question isn't ending there that's not the only point oh continue because a lot of the times Ed brings it up by saying they're not human because he says she's not going to get to have human experiences anymore. However, they still have emotions and thoughts yeah, and experiences that humans have. There are just some differences like not sleeping, not eating. Yeah. And the fact that they're like undead, but like, Let's say there was another species capable of sentient thought and sapience and being with a human romantically. Does it matter that they're not human? So from technically no. I'm like if so like let's let's look at it from a D&D perspective. Humans can fuck elves. Elves can fuck orcs. Anyone you can fuck anyone that has their hu- like tech like let's let's call it quote unquote human sentience yes to the point where they can speak with you and consent to you and you can have a an actual relationship with them I don't see a problem with it 
The only thing I'm going to say on this subject is from Jacob's perspective and from the perspective of anyone who only knows vampires as people who have hurt someone is that vampires eat people. <laughs> Werewolves occasionally lose their temper on people and that can lead to dangerous consequences. Vampires do actively want to eat people. Whether or not they give in to that desire is ir irrelevant. They want to eat people. But they're and still I think that, human. I mean, technically, yes, but they're ca fine. They're cannibals then. Yeah. Would you want, would you, would you want someone you care about to date a cannibal? Would you tell that person you shouldn't be with a cannibal? Or would you be like, yeah, go be with the cannibal? Depends. Would you stop? Would you try to stop me from dating a cannibal? Well, it depends. If that cannibal had already broken my heart and abandoned me. Okay, well, before. no, not in that case. That's completely reasonable. <laughs> but are they just somebody that wants to eat people? Or are they somebody that actively eats people? There's somebody who wants to eat people and has done it in the past and openly said that they were going to in an attempt to commit suicide on the streets of Italy. Okay, we'll see that for Edward specifically, it's is a problem. <laughs> yes. I'm still like Okay, the semantics of them not being human is like the thing. There's is, just like, so much there's so many people say they're not human and I'm like it seems like so there's Edward's, so many different reasons. <laughs> okay, so Edward's perspective is shit because you're right. She can still have the same experiences as a vampire that she can have as a human. It's just it's less deadly for her. Okay? You're right. Edward, Edward's perspective is shit. It doesn't make any sense. Okay? Jacob's perspective is correct. Uh, yeah, I get because... where I get where Jacob's coming from. Yes. But I'm just like, Jacob, I think it's the same yeah. terminology being used by multiple yes. characters to mean different things. But those two characters aren't communicating with each yeah. other at all. So I, their perspectives are completely Which makes sense now. I'm just reading it and seeing the same. Yes. I, I totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> Edward is a dipshit. And his, his whole excuse about her having human experiences is just him being afraid of her losing her soul. Okay quote unquote losing her soul even though we already have been over the fact that he believes that he will go to the afterlife when he dies jacob just doesn't want bella to date the cannibal Cannibals are kinda <laughs> and hot, i though. get it okay <laughs> some people are into that i so if i had to say which what's it called is it boar which is it called species boar? What? Vor. Is it is that what it's called? Vor? People, people, people that are into being eaten. Is that what it is? I okay. So I oh god, this is so stupid. But it yes, but I think it has to do with being eaten whole, not like. Oh, so it only works if it's like a snake. Yes. I got you. I don't. I don't know for sure. That's just what I. We already know you gathered. have a werewolf thing. You might have a boar thing too. We don't know. I do not have a boar thing. It's just the werewolf thing. I promise. Okay. I'll believe you for now. So, and also, I'm going to go off of the definition of human that involves human bodily functions more than I'm going to go off the definition of human as like having emotions. I guess I'm like experiences. And like I don't know. 
I have a pretty lax Edward view of stupid. humanity, but yeah, I get. Yeah, I, 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 I get. Edward is stupid. No, this makes the sense. We're, we're, we're separating the two different uses of not human here into different categories, and Edwards is dumb, and Jacobs <laughs> makes sense. I'm not really yes. on board with the terminology, but I get the point he's making. <laughs> and I, I do think, and I'm going to give Stephanie Meyer a little bit credit, a, a little bit of credit here, is that there, it's trying to show the juxtaposition of these two views where, I mean, granted, Edward hasn't said anything about the werewolves not being human, but we can guess that he doesn't view them as being human because he refers to them as dogs. Yeah. So we're getting the two different perspectives of them both seeing each other as being inhuman, even though you are correct by most definitions of having the same experiences and emotions and desires and stuff like that. They are both equally as human. It's just that Edward doesn't piss and shit. And, and need to eat and drink and sleep. kind of hot when you don't piss or shit. Well, you find you a woman who doesn't <laughs> piss or shit. Wait, I thought all women didn't do that. <laughs> no, I definitely <laughs> shit. It reminds me of this. Uh, there was this episode of the Rooster Teeth podcast a long time ago where Barbara was on and she <laughs> and someone was like, wait, girls shit. And she was like, no, actually, we just draw pieces of poop on paper and then we flush the poop down the toilet, the paper down the toilet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it, it made me laugh so hard because I... I poop twice a day. How mu- how often do you? You know, that's not a good question for you. Because you have irritable bowel syndrome. Our listeners don't need to know that. They'll think I'm gross. <laughs> it's not gross. Look, all I'm going to say, now that we're done with these first five chapters, is this book is so bad, it led to multiple debates in the first episode. Yes, it did. <laughs> And and not and not like debates over like good stuff in the book. Debates over how and why it was bad. <laughs> we got through two books without that. <laughs> that is true. We didn't have like any debates. The only time we had anything close to a debate was from the movie theater scene in book two because we just read it differently. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I guess part of today's debate was also me reading it. Well, okay, so that one was we read it differently. This one was I read it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. Mistakes were made. It happens. But that is the end of chapter five. Yeah. We're done. For now. We're done. Well, not with Eclipse. We're done with those five chapters. We'll be back. Oh, God. Oh, don't do that. Or we won't be back. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at 2020 Twilight Pod. Please, please, please come follow us and interact with us if you are listening. We really want to hear from you. DM us. I literally don't have a life out of working and doing this podcast and attempting to write. I have a lot book. of fun. So with the yes. interactions that we do have. Yes. Come and interact with us. Tweet at us. Tell us what you think um dm us please we would love to have a conversation with you give us suggestions ask us questions anything you can think of just tweet at me telling me to sit down and write that would be great motivation (laughs) um tweet at me telling me that you're an editor that's willing to edit my book for me so i can publish it (laughs) yes please i'm so slow moving on that because not only can i not write my own book i can't read another book 
because the only books I'm capable of reading these days are written by Stephanie Meyer. Can you imagine that fate? Can you be imagine imagine having the only book you're subjected to being Stephanie Meyer's books? At least there's a lot of pages. Like at least uh, I yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff to read and laugh about. That doesn't help. Uh, like I, doesn't help. <laughs> any, anyway. Anyways, like we I now said, have coffee. What? And coffee. PayPal. Yes. So we have coffee, which is uh, our coffee account is ko-fi.com slash 2020 Twilight Pod. That might not be the link correctly, but uh, it is also in our bio on Twitter. So you can click that link and go over to coffee. It does cost us uh, every month to keep the podcast running because we have to uh, pay for the RSS feed. We have also put a lot of money into microphones and preamps and... Brandon even bought this like mixer and I pop just like everything. We've put a lot of effort into making this as good as we can and it has been expensive. So we would really appreciate any support you can give just a couple dollars on the coffee would be greatly appreciated. And we have PayPal. And we do have PayPal, which I don't know what the link is, but I will tweet it later. Put it in the Twitter bio. Uh, yeah, put it in the Twitter bio. <laughs> um, and so any like any and all support is greatly appreciated, even if it's just following us on Twitter or, you know, just like interacting with our tweets and stuff like that. Just let us know that you're listening. We do check uh, our analytics on Spotify almost every single day, um, but that's not telling us what people like and what people don't like. So it's really important and we would really, really appreciate it if you would actually like make yourself known to us i promise we're nice <laughs> tell me you love me uh i'm a sucker for that <laughs> oh yeah for sure and if you live in sweden you're super our favorite because you guys sweden. are keeping the lights on i'm gonna move over there <laughs> all right like i said the twitter handle is at 2020 twilight pod m is at m of many names and i am at sarah s wilton um yeah that's it See you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye.